0: The ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com. ben Osama bin Laden was evil. I know this should be rather obvious. Bin Laden was an arch-terrorist responsible for the murder of thousands of Americans. Unfortunately, to an entire generation raised on the idea that success equals oppression and failure equals being oppressed, it's not obvious at all that Osama bin Laden was evil. In fact, he was apparently an aggrieved victim with a shockingly cogent case against the West. That is according to a bevy of new videos trending on TikTok of TikTok generation Americans reading Osama bin Laden's letter to America. That letter was released in November 2002. It essentially makes the same case that radical Muslims and radical leftists now make in favor of Hamas. The West is evil and aggressive, and Westerners, including Jews, deserve what they get. It is Franz Fanon and Jean-Paul Sartre and Hassan Albana, the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, all rolled into one. Here are some of the reactions of young people reading Bin Laden's letter for the first time.
1: I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read A Letter to America. And please come back here and just let me know what you think because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now and a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this too.
0: And what exactly is that existential crisis? The existential crisis is that a lot of these people agree with bin Laden. Now, if you find yourself in large scale agreement with Osama bin Laden, one of the most evil people to ever live, you might want to pre-examine your own biases. But instead, people are starting to think that maybe bin Laden was good. Actually, bin Laden had some points. You're seeing a lot of this on TikTok. In fact, so much of this is happening on TikTok that the Guardian, the UK Guardian, which had the entire text of the letter posted, had to take it down from their website because they say that they didn't want their top trending piece to be Osama bin Laden's 2002 letter talking about the evils of the West. Here's some more of these TikTok reactions.
1: Best friend, I just read a letter to
0: America. Have you read that?
1: If you haven't read it yet, I think if you go on the Internet, it's not there because the U.S. government is trying to remove it because they don't want us to see the letter to America. Why don't they want us to see a letter to America? A letter to America is a letter to America written by Osama bin Laden. Basically, explaining why he attacked on 9-11. Now don't jump me, I know 9-11 can be quite triggering, but let's ask the question that Osama bin Laden asked America. Why did they attack on September 11th? And Osama was kind of chewing the girls up a little bit. He was kind of spitting. Osama bin Laden basically said in a nutshell, not only do you keep with us, but you keep with everybody. You're dropping bombs on people and it's fine, but when we do it, we're terrorists. And I'm not here to defend anybody, but I am here to say we got to do some algebra here. If we're going to call Osama bin Laden terrorists, so is the American government.
0: And that is the point. That is the point. We have taught an entire generation of young people that Osama bin Laden has a point. There's been a lot of talk in the aftermath of Hamas's October 7th attack about why is it that young people in the West, Americans, members of of the European community, why are so many young people siding with Hamas? And the answer, of course, is because we as a civilization have taught them to side with Hamas. We have taught them that the West is inherently evil or at the very least morally equivalent with terrorists on the other side of the equation. And they've imbibed from that well. They've been taught that for years and years and years. So when they read Osama bin Laden's letter, you know, there there are a lot of people who are wondering if 9-11 happened today, how would young people react? And the answer is a lot of people would be pro-Osama bin Laden. They are now. Here's some more of this. It's amazing. Me and I got the news in 2011. We got him celebrating. 2023. 2023 reading his letter to America and knowing he was right. Knowing he was right. Bin Laden was right, guys. Okay. And these TikTok videos are everywhere. I mean, it's a full on trending topic on TikTok. Again, here are some more. No one in America ever really was given the information of why did this happen? Why did 9 11 happen? And also, why did the 93 93- at the World that are happening. Like the American people were never actually given logical reason. It was just that these people hate us because of our freedom. And that was the propaganda freedom. fed. It's Western freedom. It's their Western ideals of freedom, whatever that means. And so it's freedom for white people. OK, again, oppressed versus oppressor. And the more unsuccessful you are in this matrix, the more evil you are in this matrix, the more you're not evil, the more you're oppressed, because we have to see your side of the argument. And again, you being an oppressed person, you have the ability to stand up and then destroy your oppressor. So, of course, these people are pro-Hamas today. They're pro-Bin Laden yesterday. Here's some more of this.
2: Okay, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I'm not saying anything. I just want to make sure that all my facts are in order. Not saying anything. Just just want to make sure I'm correct. In a certain schletter to schlomerica, which was taken down after allegedly being on the Guardian website for 20 years, in which osama bin laden defends his mass killing of civilians by saying hey you americans you take such pride in your system of democracy you pay your taxes you elect your leaders that's why i also hold you accountable and that's why i killed american civilians right we define that as terrorism here in america but when the same argument Or a similar argument is used that it's okay that we level Gaza, or allow Israel to level Gaza because they elected Hamas, mind you 20 years ago and 50% 50 of their population is minors, and they elected a leader who didn't do everything they said they were going to do and doesn't represent everything they said they represent? Wow, how can we as Americans possibly empathize with that? But that's a valid argument for Israel leveling Gaza, right? They elected Hamas. They nobody, elected Hamas, so nobody,
0: including the Israeli government, that is, sense. quote unquote, leveling Gaza by targeting civilians. But this is the whole case. Again, the whole case here is a bunch of people who hate the West. That's what this is about. Now, let's go through some of the bin Laden letter excerpts. Here's what they say. And again, you can see the matrix that bin Laden was trying to create in 2001, 2002 and in the 90s. And you can see it now materialized on the streets of Paris, of London, of Washington, D.C., in New York. Here is what bin Laden said. This is again, back in 2002. Why are we fighting and opposing you? The answer is very simple. Because you attacked us and continue to attack us, right? They're victims. Bin Laden was a victim. You attacked us in Palestine. The creation of Israel is a crime which must be erased. It brings us both laughter and tears to see that you have not yet tired of repeating your fabricated lies that the Jews have a historical right to Palestine as was promised to them in the Torah. Anyone who disputes with them on this alleged fact is accused of anti-Semitism. It is the Muslims who are the inheritors of Moses. And so notice here that he shifts... Bin Laden does in 2002 from the argument that Palestine must be established to Israel must be disestablished and there is no Jewish right anywhere there, right? He's in favor of the destruction of the state of Israel and the murder of all the Jews and all these people in the streets today, they agree. This is why they are chanting from the river to the to the sea. Palestine must be free. Bin Laden continues under your supervision, consent and orders the governments of our countries which, which act as your agents attack us on a daily basis. These governments prevent our people from establishing the Islamic Sharia using violence and lies to do so. So again, Westerners, particularly Western leftists, they read that and they say, oh, well, there are a lot of tyrannies over in the Middle East. That, but bin Laden is calling for the establishment of Islamic Sharia. He's calling for the establishment of an Iranian-style theocracy. Does the Western left care about that? Of course not, because again, what the Western left holds in common with bin Laden is a hatred for the West. That is the thing that matters. Bin Laden continues. It is commanded by our religion and intellect that the oppressed have a right to return the aggression. Here's that matrix. The oppressed, oppressor, Matrix that all of this is dependent on. Do not await anything from us, but jihad, resistance and revenge. The American people have the ability and choice to refuse the policies of their government and even to change it if they want. The American people cannot be innocent of all the crimes committed by the Americans and the Jews against us, which is his excuse for killing massive numbers of civilians in the World Trade Centers and at the Pentagon. That is that is the reason why bin Laden did that. He says, it is saddening to tell you that you are the worst civilization witnessed by the history of mankind. The Jews have taken control of your economy. You have destroyed nature with your industrial waste and gases more than any other in history. Despite this, you refuse to sign the Kyoto Agreement. That, of course, at the time was bin Laden's attempt to cudgel the proto Thunbergs of the world into line. Your law is the law of the rich and wealthy people who hold sway in their political parties and fund their election campaigns with their gifts. Behind them stand the Jews who control your policies, media, and economy. You hear echoes of that. On both the entire radical left, the AOC wing of the Democratic Party, and in the isolationist right. Bin Laden says, you have used your force to destroy mankind more than any other nation in history. The freedom and democracy that you call to is for yourselves and for the white race only. That's the appeal to Black Lives Matter. Proto Black Lives Matter, because this is 20 years before that. What happens in Guantanamo is a historical embarrassment to America and its values. And it screams into your face, you hypocrites. What is the value of your signature on any agreement or treaty? So what's the appeal of all this? The answer is really obvious. Bin Laden is expressing the ideology of the current barbaric coalition dedicated to destroying the West, which is why the current barbaric coalition dedicated to destroying the West on stumbling on Bin Laden's writings is finding a new hero. Why wouldn't young people love his words? They've all been taught his precepts at their universities, all of them, except the part about Sharia law and killing all the gay people and not being able to have sex with whoever you want. But they can put all that aside because, you know, anti-Western solidarity is the important thing. The oppressed class must come together to destroy the oppressors. That's what's behind the TikTok trend. China, of course, is pushing it because China hates the West. And China is, of course, running TikTok. And young people are pushing it because we have trained in the West an entire generation of young people to despise their own civilization. That is on us as a culture. Should we then be surprised by the barbarians inside our own gates? We'll get to those barbarians in just one second because they were out in the streets again last night. First, if you are looking for a killer Black Friday deal, I've got one for you. A free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and 15 gigs of data. And get all of that for just $35. bucks. you will get the Moto G 5G phone for free. The new Moto G 5G boasts a two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. It's a great deal, but you'll need to move fast because these phones will be sold out by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on the way out, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. PureTalk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash to get this exclusive offer and select the plan that's right for your family. That's puretalk.com slash Claim that free Moto G 5G phone with a qualifying plan. Again, that is puretalk.com slash I've been using PureTalk for all of my phone calls for at least a year at this point. They have great coverage. They have a great tower network. Plus, again, it's a company that doesn't hate your guts. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Claim your free Moto G 5G phone with that qualifying plan today. Once more, that is puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Puretalk is simply smarter wireless. Also, the holidays not only allow us to spend time with family, they're a reminder of how important our responsibility is to protect them. That includes planning to secure their future. Well, the best thing you can do to do that is make sure you got a life insurance plan. You got to have one. It is just a must. Because God forbid something happens to you, you're walking down the street and Acme Anvil drops out of the third story and hits you like you Bugs Bunny, except you're not Bugs Bunny and you die. You're going to want to make sure that you had a life insurance policy in place. Policy geniuses, licensed agents work for you, not the insurance companies. That means you can trust their guidance because they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. There are no added fees. Your personal information is kept private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off your to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job either. Since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now would be the time to buy. Policy Genius makes that process super simple. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just two hundred ninety-two bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer the same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head over to policygeniuscom appear or click that link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's Policy Genius. Dot com slash Shapiro. Okay, so you can see the barbarians in the street. So last night, massive protests outside the DNC headquarters in Washington. The goal here, of course, is for the radical left to try to push the more moderate left into mirroring their pro-Hamas position. And the way they're going to do that is by, again, playing the oppressed. Remember, in the leftist matrix, the more angry you are, the more evil you are, the more criminal things you do, the more this is evidence that you are oppressed. Now, in reality, it's the opposite. The reality is that actions of evil, criminal actions, for example, violent actions, they tend to make you poorer. They tend to make your life worse. But because the left doesn't believe in personal responsibility at a core level, they believe that basically life is a thing that happens to you. Because of that, when they see somebody who is poor and angry, it's that the poverty is causing the anger, not that the anger is causing the poverty. And so when you have protesters in the streets who are getting violent, the left's almost immediate response very often is to say, Well, those people must be angry for a reason. And the reason is because we need to make concessions to those people. That is the purpose of having these violent protests. So last night, according to the Associated Press, police and protesters clashed outside the DNC headquarters during a demonstration for a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas, the latest reflection of boiling tensions over the bloody conflict. By the way, the only boiling tensions are coming from one side. And literally the day before, there was a giant 300,000 person rally on the Washington Mall, pro-Israel rally, peaceful, loving. American flags, zero violence, zero. That was not a boiling crowd. The boiling crowds are the ones in London who are assaulting police officers. The boiling crowds were the ones last night who were assaulting police officers. I'm old enough to remember when that was considered a bad thing, like on January 6th. Now it's considered, you know, just kind of de rigueur. Scores of Democratic representatives and candidates, including House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, were inside the building for a campaign reception when it was interrupted by chanting outside. Protesters said they wanted to block entrances and exits to force politicians to encounter their candlelight vigil. However, the situation swiftly evolved. Capitol Police said about 150 people were illegally and violently protesting in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Washington. Protesters then blame police for the violence. Here is uh, what it looked like as these crazed leftists and uh, their radical Muslim allies decided that they were going to attack the, uh, the front of the DNC building. And this looks kind of insurrectionary, doesn't it? Right here. No, nothing, doesn't matter, totally fine. Just gonna point out at this point that um, this is not covered pretty much at all in the mainstream media. It is buried in the mainstream media. Now, if you imagine pro-Israel protesters outside the DNC calling for more support for Israel, attacking police officers. Do you think that might make the front pages literally everywhere? The answer of course is yes. When you see a violent protest outside the DNC and it's by left-wingers, it's considered normal. Because again, that oppressor-oppressed matrix is so strong, they have no systemic immunity to it at all. The Capitol offices ended up having to go into lockdown. And again, this is just the latest example. For, over, over in Berkeley, for example, left-wingers were throwing money at city council members. The implication, of course, being that it's Jew money that is responsible for the lack of a ceasefire, which of course is insane. Here are these anti-Jewish protesters in Berkeley throwing cash at city council members. You can see, uh, again, there, there they are, delight, delightful human beings. Meanwhile, 40 groups at Columbia University have now proposed to uh, push divestment from the state of Israel. They call themselves the Columbia University Apartheid Divest, a coalition of student organizations that see Palestine as the vanguard for the collective liberation. That's right. Hamas is the vanguard. So is the Palestinian Authority, a terrorist group. So is Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Quote, we are a continuation of the Vietnam anti-war movement. And the movement to divest from apartheid in South Africa. We support freedom and justice for the Palestinian people. We know that true collective safety will arise when everyone has access to clean air, clean water, food, housing, education, healthcare, freedom of movement, and dignity. Now, never mind that Hamas has deprived its people of literally all of those things for the last 20 years while building terror tunnels and shooting rockets at the Jews. Doesn't matter. The students at Columbia have decided to, to face down the quote-unquote Zionist project. According to reports from the WHO, a Palestinian child is killed every 10 minutes. These attacks are explicitly connected to Israel's attempts to annex and ethnically cleanse more Palestinian land. Again, historically ignorant and ridiculous. Israel literally pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005 because it didn't want anything to do with this area. It doesn't matter. The entire agenda here is an anti-Western agenda. It is not just an anti-Israel agenda. How do we know? Because they say so. Quote, we believe in liberation. All systems of oppression are interlinked. The fates of the people of Palestine, Kurdistan, Sudan, Congo, Armenia, Ireland, Puerto Rico, Korea, Guam, Haiti, Hawaii, Kashmir, Cuba, Turtle Island, and other colonized bodies are interconnected. There's some things on this list that are that are rather interesting. So apparently, uh, they want Hawaii to be turned over and Korea to whom? I assume they mean South Korea, uh, like turn it over to the Norks. Like what, what? What exactly are they talking about there? We are committed to creating a multi generational, intersectional, accessible space dedicated to fighting for abolition, transnational feminism anti-capitalism and decolonization and also to combating anti-blackness, queerphobia, Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. Now, again, rational people look at that list and they go, what the f-? They look at that list of demands from this Columbia anti-apartheid coalition and go, um, I noticed that you have a few things here that conflict with one another. Like when you say queerphobia and Islamophobia back to back, it's weird because let's be real about this, radical Muslims hate gay people and try to kill them. So that's strange, but that's not the point. The point is, it is coalitional. It's all coalitional strategy. We keep each other safe. We do not believe that prisons, police, profit over people, militarism, war, colonialism, or imperialism will keep us safe. We reject the U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Agencies weaponizing of the United States' racist immigration laws to prevent our international comrades and peers from speaking up. They believe in open borders. We believe in the right of self-determination, land back, the right of return from Palestine to Turtle Island. I noticed, by the way, none of these people giving up their land to Native Americans. We believe in solidarity and the power of relationship building. We believe in collectivity. Right, that, is the, that, is the, that is the shtick here. It is a coalitional strategy. And again, that coalitional strategy sounds an awful lot like Osama bin Laden. This is why Osama bin Laden was doing the Kyoto Protocol routine way back when. It's why he was doing the anti-colonialism routine way back when. Now, by the way, there has never been a more colonizing religion in world history than Islam. Ever. Islam is a colonizing religion by nature. If you think that Arabic peoples were native to like Spain, you're out of your mind. Okay, the reality is that virtually all religions have at times been colonizing. But the Arabian Peninsula was completely dominated by Islam since the 7th century. And pretending that there was no colonialism inherent in Islam is just historically ignorant. Of course there was. It's why they still consider in radical Islamic circles the world to be divided between Dar al-Islam and Dar al-Harb, right? The idea of the world governed by Islam and the world not governed by Islam. And the idea is that eventually everything is going to come under the dominion of Islam. So when you have this group pushing against colonization, obviously there's a lot of uh, doublethink right there happening. But that's not the point. It doesn't have to be internally consistent. It has to be externally consistent, meaning its enemy has to be consistent. And that's the idea. And that's why you see this coalition building happening. In just one second, we'll talk about how far this has gone in democratic circles to the point where, obviously, they not only are quite supportive of some Hamas forces, they are perfectly willing to cover for Congress people like Rashida Tlaib, who is pretty obviously in league with Hamas supporters. We'll get to that in one second first. As a Daily Wire listener, you're not just informed, you're also engaged. You value freedom and personal responsibility, which is why you need to check out MetaShare. MetaShare is a community-based approach to healthcare that lines up with the principles you believe in. Your values matter. With MetaShare, your healthcare dollars won't be used for medical procedures that don't line up with your beliefs. MetaShare is the highest-rated healthcare sharing ministry with a 30-year proven track record. It's not health insurance, it's a community of 400,000 believers committed to caring and sharing with one another. Members save up to 50% or more on their monthly health care costs. Member satisfaction surveys show they like MediShare much more than health insurance. This is great because it's a cooperative way of you getting a better medical experience. For a limited time, Daily Wire listeners receive a $150 gift card when they join MediShare. To find out more, go to MediShare.com slash Ben. That's MediShare.com slash Ben. Terms and conditions do apply. Again, go check them out right now. MediShare.com slash Ben. The highest-rated healthcare sharing ministry, thirty-year proven track record. Get started with them today. It's a community of 400,000 believers who are committed to caring and sharing with one another. Medashare dot com slash Ben to get started. Okay, so how far has this gone in Democratic circles? Uh, Pretty damn far. Rashida Tlaib, still a well-respected member of the Democratic caucus, despite being censured by Congress. Uh, She was asked yesterday five straight times if she was anti-Semitic. She ignored the reporter, obviously
2: congressman do you regret using the phrase from the river to the sea it's used by terrorists to call for the genocide of the jewish people do you regret using it, to to it. the white house says that phrase can be anti-semitic are you anti-semitic congressman oh, it's a
0: fake phone call routine one of my favorites are you
2: anti-semitic congressman she's walking to an
0: elevator and pretending she's on the phone are you strangely anti-Semitic she's talking to no are
2: you anti-semitic congressman and
0: into the elevator that's not a AD surprise, particularly, in, given the fact that, according to the New York Post, Talib is a member of the Facebook group Palestinian American Congress, whose founder, Mahar Abdel Qadar, has referred to Israelis as not real Jews and questioned whether the Holocaust really happened. That Facebook group, which Talib joined six years ago, has posted several images of Hamas fighters following the terror group's brutal assault that left at least 1,200 dead across southern Israel. A member of the Palestinian-American Congress posted on October 12th, quote, we don't want to throw you in the sea. We want you to ride it back from where you came, sharing a picture of an elderly Israeli woman identified as a Holocaust survivor held hostage by Hamas. Another post on that same Facebook group showed a Hamas terrorist alongside a list of achievements reached by the resistance in northern occupied Palestine. Talib, of course, fully in league with all of this. Not, Not a great shock. So is AOC. The Hamas caucus rides fully within the Democratic Party at this point. Yesterday, she tweeted out the Jew money shtick again. AIPAC has said that they are going to dedicate a lot of money to getting rid of Congress people who are aligned with Hamas. And she thinks that that's uh, truly just a reflection of Jew, bad Jew money. Well, criticism of the Israeli government is virtually non-existent in U.S. politics, but apparently that's not enough. Got to spend $100 million to unseat the few who believe in Palestinian human rights and a ceasefire that most Americans already support. The acceptable level of dissent is zero. Well, that's weird because I see that APAC is actually not launching primary challenges against the vast majority of Democrats, like virtually all Democrats. They're only targeting the people who actually are members of the Hamas squad. But again, the idea is it's, it's that corrupt Jew money that AOC is really upset about. Speaking of which, 24 members of the Hamas caucus have now signed a letter to President Biden and Secretary of State Blinken expressing deep concern about the intensifying war in Gaza and calling for a ceasefire. They, um, they then commit the moral sin of equivalence between Hamas and the Israeli Defense Forces. That, of course, is signed by all the usual suspects, all the people who you would see. Again, no shock there. The British Labor Party experiencing similar convulsions. Keir Starmer is suffering a major labor rebellion in Britain over a Gaza ceasefire vote. 56 of his MPs voted for an immediate ceasefire. 10 of the party's frontbenchers, those are people who are sort of spokespeople for labor, have left their jobs over the vote, including eight shadow ministers. So and the, the left is tearing itself apart over all of this because, again, the left has no systemic immunity at all to the Osama bin Laden intersectional crusade. They have no immunity to that because they, too, believe that the West is so inherently flawed that it must pay a deep and abiding price. And so that battle is just going to get more and more pitched. It's, it is stunning to watch it play out in real time. But again, this is the wages of the West that is apologetic about its own existence for decades on end. Now, meanwhile, The media are targeting where they think the anti-Semitism is. The the media have been very, very generous toward Hamas and its acolytes. The media have been granting every ounce of credibility they can to the Gazan Ministry of Health. They've been granting every piece of credibility they can to every lie coming out from Hamas. They've been stamping for a ceasefire and claiming that Israel is committing war crimes in defiance of all facts on the ground. The media love that sort of stuff. So they are doing Hamas's work. I mean, really, Hamas's propaganda work, but they think they know where the true anti-Semitism lies. The true anti-Semitism apparently lies with, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, Donald Trump. Now, the other day, Donald Trump made a rather intemperate comment during one of his speeches. Now, that that's nothing new. We should not be shocked by this. Everybody clutching at their pearls is tiresome. As I've said many times before, Donald Trump's epitaph may end up reading Donald Trump, 45th President of the United States. He said a lot of stuff. But in any case, here's what he actually said that set. The Internet ablaze. Here here was Donald Trump the other day.
3: The great silent majority is rising like never before. And under our
0: leadership, the forgotten man and woman will be forgotten no longer. You're going to be forgotten no longer. With your help, your love and your vote, we will put America first. And today, especially in honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that
3: we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the
0: radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do
3: anything possible. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy
2: America and to destroy the American dream.
0: Now, he's reading from a teleprompter there. I mean, that, that, that is actually part of the speech. And it's not the best use of language. The use of language like vermin. It's you know, redolent of bad things. It's ugly. But the media weren't just content to say that that's ugly language that is redolent of 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 demagoguery of the past. They immediately went all the way. They went directly to Hitler. And they didn't just go to Hitler. They went to Hitler like 51 times. This is their favorite thing. Okay, Trump, because he said the word vermin, is just like Hitler. Okay, here we go. Here is your beloved media. Of course, it's... Trump is a Nazi time again.
2: Let's deal with Hitler,
3: okay? I, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that, I mean, that is Mussolini-Hitler-like language.
2: Trump's affinity for Hitler was always covered under an umbrella of his stupidity.
3: Echoing Hitler's words.
2: Listen to this. Well, Hitler was duly elected.
3: That's right. Echoing the hateful rhetoric of Adolf Hitler. It echoes Hitler. And- That's the kind of language Hitler used in Mein Kampf.
1: About vermin and, and Hitler and Mussolini. That's a horrifying clip. That's a fascist clip. We're just going full on Hitler. From Hitler's Germany.
3: We just need to say for the record that the term vermin was really effectively used by Adolf Hitler. Echo dictators like Hitler. With language evoking authoritarian figures like Adolf Hitler. and Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Donald Trump parroted the autocratic language of Adolf
0: Hitler. And, and it goes on like this over Hitler. and over and over and over, right? I mean, this is the shtick. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Okay, now, let it be said at this point, Donald Trump is not Adolf Hitler. Not only isn't Donald Trump Adolf Hitler, he is the most pro-Israel and pro-Jewish president in American history, bar none. But herein lies the true insanity. Many of the same members of the media tone policing Trump as Hitler have been simultaneously poo-pooing the actual Nazis of today, Hamas and their supporters. You got Mehdi Hassan and the rest of the hosts at MSNBC, who seem to have made it their life's mission to downplay Hamas' evil in order to establish moral equivalence with the Jewish state. And they are the first on the bandwagon to sniff out Hitlerian references. Except for the people who actually love Hitler, of course. The people who actually love Hitler, well, they just have some legitimate grievances. Some of the same dynamic has been striking Elon Musk over the course of the last 24 hours. So Musk made a rather large Twitter boo-boo last night. Somebody on Twitter posted the following message, quote, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest bleep now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want truth said to your face? There it is. So that was the tweet. Musk then tweeted... You have said the actual truth, and this set everything ablaze. So it is true, obviously, that certain Jewish organizations have bought into and promoted things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are gross distortions of the American dream. Nobody hates DEI more than I do. There are certain Jewish groups that are liberal in orientation who have supported that sort of stuff. Many of those groups have also pushed for open borders. It is also true that some of those organizations are now realizing post-October 7th that actually open immigration for people who hate Jews on an intersectional basis, was pretty stupid. The problem with the original tweet is that it labels Jewish communities en masse. So my community, for example, pretty Jewish, has always opposed DEI and open borders. In fact, most Orthodox communities do. Presumably then, Musk was reading the term Jewish communities and instead seeing the letters ADL. And indeed, that's exactly what Musk then clarified. He he said, quote, the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people in Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. It is not right, and it needs to stop. And then Musk continued, you are right that this does not extend to all Jewish communities. It is not just limited to the ADL. So that's a much more specific point, and it's certainly true. There are a lot of liberal Jewish organizations that supported a lot of the same policies that have now imported a lot of people who really hate Jews and Westerners into the West. And a lot of the very same people who are pushing DEI intersectional politics are now realizing the wages of that. That's true. The original tweet was wildly overbroad, but a huge number of people in the media decided now was the time to link Musk and the alt-right and the so-called Jewish question and support the notion that Musk is some sort of crypto Nazi. Now, it's not a coincidence, again, that a lot of the people doing just that are happily calling for Israel to cease fire in its war with Hamas. See, very often, anti-Semitism becomes a political football. When you can hang the label on Donald Trump or Elon Musk and you're on the left, you do it. However, when you're forced to denounce pro protesters shouting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free, suddenly you get a little shy. Thus, the same media leaping on both Trump and Musk has been downplaying the open Jew hatred at massive pro protests around the globe, instead propagating lies about Israel's supposed human rights violations. Instead, they're focusing in on their political enemies like Trump and Musk and deeming them the acolytes of Hitler. Meanwhile, the actual Hitler acolytes who are out there waving Mein Kampf, they're like, those people, I mean, they are oppressed and Brown. It might have more bite to hit Trump and Musk for supposed anti-Semitism if these people actually spent some actual time talking about the people who actually like Hitler on planet Earth, who are right now holding some 240 Jews and others hostage in Gaza and killed 1,200 people and have subjected the Gaza Strip to complete hellish tyranny for the last 20 years. But a lot of these same people are totally silent. In one second, we'll talk about their silence because their silence is absolutely deafening. First, not easy to get sleep these days. It's been pretty rough time for a lot of people. But when I have been getting sleep, it is almost solely due to my Helix Sleep Mattress. I've had my Helix Sleep Mattress for years and years at this point. It's great. It's firm. It's breathable. That's exactly what I need. It was personalized for me, which is why it is so good. It can be personalized for you as well. Helix has a new high-end collection, the Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Head on over to helixsleep.com to check out the new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, well, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress, as I've said. It's really good. You'll be matched to a mattress that you like as well. Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Their financing options and flexible payment plans make it so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders, two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Black Friday. Head on over to helixsleep.com men Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not gonna last long. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Also, Black Friday sales are coming. There's one in particular you need to know about. Harry's Razors used to advertise right here on our shows until we mentioned we had this crazy belief that boys are boys and girls are girls. Harry said our views were inexcusable. They dropped their ads from the Daily Wire. The list of companies going, well, continues to grow. If you've had enough, well, we have too. That's why instead of complaining, we created an alternative, Jeremy's Razors. Starting Monday, we'll have the best deals of the year on all Jeremy's Razors products. Get the alpha bundle for 40% off You can also find amazing deals on the Precision 5 Starter Kit and the Smooth 6 Starter Kit. There's something for everyone on your holiday shopping list. We've got the famous he, him, and she, her chocolate, along with some special Christmas varieties that make excellent stocking stuffers. We've got hand soap, deodorant, an entire line of bath and beard products, all from a company that won't insult your values. Stop giving your money to woke corporations for Black Friday. Shop Jeremy's Razors instead. With these deals, we're going to run out quickly. Do not wait. Start loading up your cart right now at jeremysrazors.com. Get ready for our Black Friday deals starting on Monday. So let's talk about the deafening silence from the celebrity class. So we all remember back in 2014, there was an Islamic terrorist group called Boko Haram and they kidnapped 276 mostly Christian female students in Nigeria. And the celebrity class sprang into action. Something like Michelle Obama, Ellen's generous, Queen Latifah. They all held up signs reading, bring back our girls. Remember this hashtag bring back our girls. Many of us are like that, that hashtag ain't gonna do bleep. And it didn't work, by the way, a hundred plus of those girls are still missing. But that's not the point. The point is, the celebrity class was up in arms over the kidnapped girls, as they should have been, right? Hashtag bring back our girls. That was the thing. All the big celebs, all of them universally. Question, have we seen, I mean, look at this. Have we seen any, any of these same celebrities holding up bring back our baby signs for Americans being held hostage in Gaza? Like actual Americans. And for all the talk of people about America first and it's not, I'd just like to point out. There are currently dozens of Americans being held hostage by Hamas right now. But we have seen members of the media, like Gail King, lecture a Jewish father whose eight-year-old daughter is currently being held by Hamas. This is what the media do. So the media aren't holding up those signs for this guy's kid, but they are attempting to cudgel this guy. They're, they're attempting to get this guy whose daughter is being held by Hamas to say that Israel should stop trying to kill members of Hamas. But now this seems to be all about politics. What do you say about that? You know, you have innocent children in and Palest- Palestinians who are dying, innocent Israeli children who are dying. And no one seems to be able to say, enough, stop that.
3: <sighs> I'm not interested in politics at all. Uh,
0: my only concern
3: is getting Emily back.
0: And this is insane. The media are literally trying to push a man whose daughter is being held hostage by a terrorist group into saying, that Israel is doing the wrong thing by going after the terrorist group. I'm not seeing that sign from Gal King right there, that bring back our, our babies sign. Not seeing it. So here's the thing. There's tons of Jew hatred on planet Earth. Plenty to go around. Anyone who's spending their days going after Donald Trump and Elon Musk for anti-Semitism while leaving Hamas untouched is pretty obviously concerned about something very different from Jew hatred. Pretty clearly. Okay, meanwhile, with regard to the latest in this war, Joe Biden is playing both sides. That's the only way to read this. So Joe Biden just greenlit $10 billion being handed over to Iran. Late on Tuesday, the Secretary of State sent to Congress a recommendation for a 120-day waiver allowing the Iraqi government to transfer $10 billion in frozen funds to the Ayatollahs in Iran. The capital was earmarked as payments for Iranian electricity, but it was being held in an escrow account. The administration says the waiver was necessary to preserve Iraq's electricity supplies, but uh, that means that they're just going to use all that money for terrorism because that is what they are doing. So the United States has been under attack from terrorist militia groups throughout the Middle East, mostly controlled by Iran. On 56 occasions, U.S. positions in Iraq and Syria are now under attack from the Iranians. 59 U.S. service personnel have been injured in those strikes. And uh, Joe Biden is signing waivers to transfer billions of dollars to the Iranian government. Even as the Iranian government is weak, the Iranian government has been tremendously weakened. There was a report yesterday out of Iran International English that actually the Iran Supreme Leader, Ali Khamenei, one of the Ayatollahs, he delivered a clear message to Hamas leader Ismail Haniyeh. He said, we weren't warned about your attack and um, we love you and you're our best friends, but high five as you drown. Which makes perfect sense. I mean, As I've suggested since the beginning of the war, the, the most plausible explanation for what actually happened is that Iran greenlit an attack from Hamas in an attempt to scuttle the Saudi peace plan that was being put on the table between Israel and Saudi Arabia, brokered by the Biden administration. They wanted to kill that deal. So they said to Hamas, do an attack, kill a bunch of Jews, hope that Israel goes in strong and that will scuttle the deal. But what they didn't count on is Hamas being successful enough to kill 1,200 people and take 240 hostages, necessitating the complete obliteration of Hamas. They just figured Hamas would live to fight another day. There'd be another ceasefire. Hamas would continue to maintain its power in the Gaza Strip. So instead of Iran gaining the death of the Saudi peace plan, they got that, but they also lost one of their biggest pawns on the board in Hamas. And then the question became, do they wish to lose other pieces on the chessboard. Because the unspoken reality of this current Middle East conflict is that the actual serious threat to Israel is actually not Hamas in the Gaza Strip right now, it is Hezbollah on Israel's northern border, which has 200,000 rockets pointed at Israel including 50,000 highly sophisticated rockets capable of geo-targeting, which means can hit towers in Tel Aviv, not the dumb rockets that are being fired by Hamas, smart rockets that are being fired from southern Lebanon into Israel. So, as we've seen, deterrence doesn't really tend to deter terrorist groups when push comes to shove. And so Israel, at some point, is going to have to go after Hezbollah. The question is whether they're going to do it right now. Iran doesn't want them to do it right now because if if Israel were to swivel and hit Hezbollah right now and take them off the table, that's a real problem for Iran. The forward operating base against Israel for Iran was Hamas in the south and Hezbollah in the north. Hamas has been taken off the table. If Israel takes Hezbollah off the table, Iran, that has no projective capability in terms of actually being able to destroy Israel. They can certainly make trouble on the northern border. They can certainly create Problems in Judea and Samaria, the so called West Bank. They can certainly do all those things, but they don't have an existential threat on Israel's border if Israel takes out Hezbollah. So Iran basically is interested in containing this thing because they do not want Hezbollah to go down alongside Hamas. So as Iran is in a weakened position, it's very weird that the Biden administration continues to fund Iran. Like, what exactly is the theory there that they're going to be nice if you give them money? That has not worked well in the past. Meanwhile, Israel has been taking over the Al Shifa hospital. Now, Again, it is truly incredible to me and truly incredible that the United States, the rest of the world, continue to put pressure on Israel with regard to human rights when Israel is literally sending in Arabic speakers and medical workers into a hospital run by Hamas and being used as a base of attacks against soldiers for the IDF. And then the question is whether Israel is being humane enough. There has never been an army that has been forced to do anything remotely like this. The United States, when it came to ISIL, bombed hospitals. We did. And you know what? We weren't wrong to do so when they were being used as bases by ISIL. And yet it's the same exact people who are now like, oh man, I hope that Israel is, uh, is bringing in sufficient fuel to these hospitals. The Hamas is turning down while they shoot the soldiers. In any case, Jonathan Kongrikas, who, uh, who is the spokesperson for the IDF, uh, he walked people inside parts of Al-Shifa hospital and showed it's a military base because it's a military base.
2: We're now, as you can see, in an MRI room. I don't know when this was used the last time. I don't know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine, I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag, grab and go of a Hamas combatant. And if you zoom in and we get some light over here, what you will be able to see are is military equipment. There is a, an AK-47, there are cartridges, ammo, uh, there are grenades in here, of course, uniform, and all of that. this was hidden very conveniently, secretly, behind the MRI machine.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, this is a medical facility. I mean, why, why would Israel possibly be going into a medical facility? I mean, obviously not a medical facility, but um, that's the entire idea here. So the media, which are focused, again, on creating moral equivalence between a group that is literally using its own blood resources, soldiers' lives, in order to protect civilians on the other side of the conflict, many of whom were involved in the actual October 7th attacks. They're trying to create moral equivalence between those people and the people who hide AK-47s in MRI rooms. That's what the media have been dedicated full-time to doing. And meanwhile, they are targeting laser beam, the anti-Semitism of anyone they perceive as a supposed right-winger. This is their shtick, and it's, re- it's really obvious, and it's really quite pathetic. Okay, meanwhile, Joe Biden is meeting with Xi Jinping. Now, what Joe Biden hopes to get out of this is is beyond me. I'm not not sure what what his actual agenda even is. We'll get to that momentarily first. We do things a little bit differently here at The Daily Wire. We host several of the top news podcasts in the world. We launched a chocolate company overnight. We took Disney head on by releasing 100 episodes of kids content. It takes very specific people with very specific skills to make Daily Wire what it is. How do we find and hire those people? With ZipRecruiter. That's how. ZipRecruiter makes your whole hiring process faster and easier. Their powerful technology works for you to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. ZipRecruiter saves you time by letting you easily invite your top candidates to apply to your job so they're more likely to apply sooner. ZipRecruiter is trusted by millions of people. In fact, over 3.8 million businesses trust ZipRecruiter with their hiring needs. Make a positive impact on your hiring future with ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter will get a quality candidate within day one. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire to try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's the way we hire here at DailyWire. It's the way that you should hire as well. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. It is indeed the smartest way to hire. Well, meanwhile, Joe Biden is meeting with Xi Jinping and... um. Totally unclear exactly what Biden is even hoping to get out of this, other than a grip and grin with the Chinese president. The Chinese president, of course, who is a dictator, is hoping to get concessions out of Joe Biden on things like trade and presumably on on military matters as well. Well, Joe Biden really didn't know his message to China. He was asked what exactly was the message he was trying to convey to China yesterday. He just walked away from the question.
2: President Biden, what's your message? What's your message to China today?
0: Well, bye. Walking inside. Yeah, I'm sure that those negotiations went amazing. According to the Wall Street Journal, we made real progress, said Biden in a tweet. The talks he later told reporters were some of the most constructive and productive conversations we've had. What exactly did they do? Well, they agreed to resume communications between the militaries so that they don't end up firing on one another. Cooperate on choking off fentanyl production. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. I'm sure China is going to stop the giant cash revenue stream that is fentanyl production. And begin a dialogue on the risks of AI. Yes, that's what we need. We need the Chinese involved in the direction of artificial intelligence. Probably that won't go wrong given what they've done with TikTok by weaponizing it against the West. Remember the thing about TikTok? TikTok in the West is not the same as TikTok in China. TikTok in China teaches kids to do math. TikTok in the West teaches kids to cut off their own penises. It's, it's a little different. So yeah, China... Involved in the AI discussion, not super hot on that. The outcome is likely to face pressure in coming months with disagreements over an election in Taiwan and the Chinese Navy's harassment of ships from the Philippines, a U.S. ally. The U.S. and China have differed sharply over the Israel-Hamas war. Biden also faces political risk at home from Republican politicians who argue he's going easy on Beijing. Here's the thing. There actually is a pretty wide bipartisan consensus that China's the bad guy. A lot of Democrats agree with this. Representative Mike Gallagher runs an entirely new committee in Congress dedicated to Chinese relations and it is well attended. I mean, Democrats are, are largely on the same page in terms of believing and being correct that China is a nefarious force in the world. Rare area of bipartisan agreement. So what exactly is Biden, what deal is Biden going to cut this time? The agreements reached Wednesday give Washington and Beijing more time to steady ties. They've been on a downward pitch for years. Well, sure, sure they do. Except that when the United States shows weakness, China tends to pick up the baton and go, right? I'm old enough to remember when Hong Kong was not a Chinese occupied territory. I'm old enough to remember when Hong Kong still had a level of independence and now it's completely run by China. And the West just completely surrendered the thing. The Xinhua account, which is the official Chinese media, quoted Xi as saying, quote, China has no plans to surpass or replace the United States and the United States should not have any plans to suppress and contain China. Uh, that is a lie. China does have plans to surpass or replace the United States, obviously. And that's particularly true when it comes to international relations. The senior administration official Said the leaders had a substantial exchange about Taiwan and that Biden had responded by saying the longstanding U.S. position is a determination to maintain peace and stability. Biden urged Beijing to respect the electoral process in Taiwan. Xi appeared to push back at the White House's view that relations with China are defined by competition, saying that he rejects the idea of a major country competition. So it sounds like some uh, some pretty words. Um, but how's this going to materialize? I, I have my doubts. Uh, Joe Biden, again, speaking a lot of those pretty words yesterday, said we have to work together. We have to work together with the Chinese. Yeah, good luck with that.
3: We also have a responsibility to our people and the work in the world uh, to work together <laughs> when we see it in our interest to
0: do so. OK, so we will see what that working together looks like. Last time Joe Biden worked together with China, um, at least the big guy got some money. So there, there was that as well. OK, meanwhile, the, the Republican Party continues to be a party in disarray. The Politico has a piece today all about the House GOP and how Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, avoided a shutdown. He avoided a shutdown by putting into law a a continuing resolution that basically is a continuation of what McCarthy would have done. And many members of the House GOP are like, we don't even know what the hell is going on. And that is correct. No one knows what the hell is going on because you have no sense of solidity or incentive structure, as we discussed yesterday on the program. According to Politico, Republicans cannot agree on basic policy priorities or even fund the government without a majority of Democratic votes. Individual lawmakers are going rogue on the House floor with theatrical efforts to censure colleagues and impeach members of the Biden administration. A growing number of lawmakers are choosing to retire because they feel it's impossible to get anything done. Well, yes, that is correct. Representative Kelly Armstrong of North Dakota said it's the same clown car with a different driver. We don't have the majority, essentially. I mean, that's right. Chip Roy is saying the same thing from the conservative side of the aisle. He says, I don't know, like, what do we do for a living? Uh, I do like Chip a lot. Here's Representative Roy.
3: We would not leave town without forcing Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden to the table because Republicans control this chamber, or at least they say they're Republicans. For the life of me, I do not understand how you can go to the trouble of campaigning, raising money, going to events, talking to people, coming to this town as a member of a party who allegedly stands for something, allegedly stands for reducing spending, allegedly stands for eliminating debt, securing the border, strong military, ending the wokeness that is killing and corrupting our schools and our kids, and then do nothing about it. One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, That I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats.
0: I mean, he's right about that, obviously. But that's the nature of the game right now. The Republican Party has a lot of independent agents and those independent agents are not working together to actually craft anything that remotely resembles solutions. And so they're losing and they deserve to lose. That's not a leadership problem per se. Again, replacing McCarthy with Johnson doesn't change the math. It's an incentive problem. As I've been saying for a very long time, people like getting on TV. People like the purism tests in Congress because it makes them look better than their colleagues. It means that they get to yell and scream a lot. The reality is you want to get something done? You're actually going to have to, at some point, get together as a caucus. Democrats get things done because they do stay together as a caucus. That is for sure. Already, coming up, we'll jump into a bombshell exclusive from The Daily Wire regarding a leaked NSA document that shows just how woke they've gone. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free